0: Hello and welcome into the show Kingdom Conversations. I'm your host Pastor Caleb McCall. Tune in weekly as we do Kingdom Conversations with kingdom leaders across the globe. I'll be doing interviews with the Fivefold Ministry and leaders from all around the nation of America and the globe where we talk everything about the kingdom and what God is doing. Also, I'll be adding sermons in from my church, the Legacy Church, there in Shelbyville, Tennessee, where we talk everything kingdom and have a kingdom mindset for kingdom expansion. Let's get to today's episode. uh, I am extremely excited to talk to you about that. I want to talk to you for a couple of minutes from a message that I've entitled The Crossing and the Cutting. The Crossing and the Cutting. And the cutting. Touch your neighbor and tell them the crossing. Slap your other neighbor and tell them the cutting. Come on, high five somebody behind you and tell them the crossing and the cutting. Come on. We're gonna be coming from Joshua chapter three, and then we're gonna skip over to chapter five, and we're gonna read a lot of scripture today. Because I know some of y'all ain't read your Bible since I've been gone. Come on, somebody. You ain't read your Bible all week. Don't worry, I got you. We're going to get you in the Word today. We got a lot of Scripture, and then I'm going to turn loose on this thing. And I just want to go ahead and warn you this morning. What time is it right now? Oh, boy, I've been out of this pulpit for a month. Y'all better watch out. Y'all going to get this Word today. I'm going to sit down and take this Word. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But I am going to give it to you, and I'm going to give it all to you, but I believe the Lord will give me some grace, and we'll get through this thing in the next 40 minutes. I'm, I'm not going to say 30. I always lie to you when I say 30, so if I say 40, maybe I won't be lying today, but we're going to get right into this, and it's going to be good. I want to warn you, too, today, I, I, you know, sometimes I get prophetic, but I'm going to tell you today, today is a day of the prophetic. Today is a day of the prophetic. This word that I'm going to speak to you is going to be a prophetic word for your life. And if it's for you, you better receive it and you better plant it in the soil of your heart. Because I'm telling you, God is getting ready to take you somewhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. Get ready because God is getting ready to take you somewhere. God is getting ready to take you into a shift. God is getting ready to take you into a new season. God is getting ready to open some doors that have been shut for you for some time. But God is getting ready to open them. Joshua chapter 3, we'll start in verse 14. I was going to read you this whole chapter too, but I didn't think you could handle it. So we'll start in verse 14. So it was when the people set out from their camp to cross over the Jordan. Yes, please stand for the reading of God's word. Sorry. See, I'm out of, I am out of my loop. I'm out of my element. So it was when the people set out from their camp to cross over the Jordan with the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people. And as those who bore the ark came to the Jordan, and the feet of the priests who bore the ark dipped, the edge, dipped in the edge of the water, for the Jordan overflows all its banks during the whole time of harvest. Y'all need to understand this. The, river, the Jordan River was overflowing at this time. It's overflowing at this time. The, the waters which came down from upstream stood still and rose in a heap. Very far away at Adam, the city of that is beside Zaratin. So the waters that went down into the sea of Ara- Araba, the salt sea, failed and were cut off. Touch a neighbor and tell them God cut it off. And the people crossed over opposite of Jericho. Then the priests who bore the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground. Touch your other neighbor and tell them dry ground. In the midst of the Jordan, and all Israel crossed over on dry ground until the people had crossed completely over the Jordan. That's hurting my neck, so I'm going to read this next chapter from my Bible here. Joshua, just skip over to chapter five. I'm going to read this whole chapter right here. Y'all ready? So it was when all the kings of the Amorites were on the west side of the Jordan and the kings of the Canaanites who were by the sea heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of the Jordan from before the children of Israel until we had crossed over that their hearts melted and there was no spirit in them any longer because of the children of Israel. They lost their will to fight. At the time of the Lord, at that time, the Lord said to Joshua, make flint knives for yourself and circumcise the sons of Israel again the second time. So Joshua made flint knives for himself and circumcised the sons of Israel at the heel of their foreskins. And this and for this reason why Joshua circumcised them, all the people who came out of Egypt who were males, all the men of war had died in the wilderness on the way after they had come out of Egypt. For all the people who came out had been circumcised. But all the people who were born in the wilderness on the way as they came out of Egypt had not been circumcised. For the children of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness till all the people who were men of war who came out of Egypt were consumed because they did not obey the voice of the Lord. And he swore to them that he would not show them the land he had sworn to their fathers he would give us a land flowing with milk and honey. Then Joshua circumcised their sons whom he raised up in their place, for they were uncircumcised because they had not been circumcised on the way. So it was when they had finished circumcising all the people that they stayed in their camp until they were healed. Then the Lord said to Joshua, This day, I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. Therefore, the name of the place is called Gilgal to this day. Now the children of Israel camped in Gilgal and kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month at twilight on the plains of Jericho. And they ate the produce of the land that day after Passover. Unleavened bread and parched grain on the same day. Then the manna ceased on the day after they had eaten the produce of the land. And the children of Israel no longer had manna, but they ate the food of the land of Canaan that year. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted his eyes and looked. And behold, a man stood opposite of him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said, Are you for us or for our adversaries? Joshua run up on you. He's crazy like that. He's kind of like Peter. So he said, no, but as a commander of the army of the Lord, he basically said, no, I'm not for either one of you. I came on behalf of the Lord in his business. And Joshua fell on his face on the earth and worshiped and said to him, what does the Lord say to his servant?" Then the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, take the sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy. And Joshua did so. Father, over the next couple of moments, I pray that you would help me to teach and preach this word, to articulate it the way that you gave it to me, God. For this prophetic word to go forth, that I would not speak in my flesh, but only what the spirit of the living God would have me to speak today. Let me preach under the unction and the power of the Holy Ghost. I ask this in Jesus' name. And the church said amen. Amen. Touch your neighbor, tell them let's go, let's go, let's go. So as I was on sabbatical, I embarked on my sabbatical on June the 1st. And the Lord immediately took me to the book of Joshua. And I said, Lord, what are you doing here? Because I'm trying to get some rest. And you taking me to the book of Joshua. Yeshua, Joshua. You know that that is Jesus' name as well. It is Joshua. Yeshua. Joshua is the name. Joshua is a foreshadow of Jesus, by the way. But I was on sabbatical in the first couple days of this. The Lord took me to the book of Joshua, and I just be honest, I just could not get out of it for the entire month. The entire month, the Lord just kept bringing me back to the book of Joshua over and over and over again, day after day after day. I could not get out of the book of Joshua. And I said, God, what are you trying to do here? Because Joshua isn't really a book of rest. Joshua is a book of war. Joshua is a book of crossing over from your last and into your next. So as God began to open this thing up and began to reveal it to me, I began to understand what it was that he was doing. When I first got into it, I didn't understand it. I said, Joshua, Lord, why why Joshua? Uh, Every sermon that I would turn on while I was on my sabbatical, it was on Joshua. Joshua. Everywhere I went, it was Joshua, Joshua, Joshua. Every time I opened the world, I try to go read another scripture and God said, no, get back to Joshua. And I just continued to read and devour this book. You see, the book of Joshua is a book of transition. The book of Joshua is a book of transition. Moses is dead. Moses is dead, and now God has spoken to Joshua, and he has told him, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And I began to devour this book, and I waited on the Lord to speak, and oh, did he speak. Because there was so much in this book for me personally, but there was so much in this book for us as a church and as a church family for where it is that we are heading and what God is wanting to do with us. The book of Joshua Is a book of transition. Moses is dead, and now Joshua, his assistant, has taken over. Joshua is no longer the captain of the Lord's armies, but now he is the man of God who is in charge of meeting with God at the tent of meeting. He is supposed to go and hear the voice of God and give the words to the people. He said, I'm going to talk to you like I did Moses. I'm going to meet with you at the tent of meeting like I did Moses. I'm going to give you instructions. I'm going to give you victory. But I need you, Joshua, to be strong and courageous. Do Y'all remember how he talks in the first chapter of the book of Joshua. He says, be very strong and be courageous. Amen. He says, I need you to meditate on this book night and day and day and night. I need you to walk in complete obedience to everything that I'm going to call you to. Y'all, Okay, I'm just setting the table here. Give me just a minute. But he says, I need you to walk in obedience to everything that I'm calling. You know what I love about the book of Joshua? Even with Moses, Moses disobeyed and got angry and hit the rock when he was supposed to speak to it. All of those things like but you don't read about Joshua disobeying the word of the Lord. You watch Joshua walking in complete obedience to the things that God had called him to. And it is the very thing that qualified him to be the one to deliver the promise of what God had given them and the children of Israel. Can I just say this too? The book of Joshua isn't for the faint of heart. Come on. The book of Joshua isn't for the faint of heart. That's why God tells Joshua, you need to be strong and courageous. Over and over again. Not everybody can handle the book of Joshua. Come on. Most people are too busy walking in fear and anxiety, and we want to hold on to our dysfunction like it's some pet. Oh, y'all ain't talking to me. The book of Joshua isn't for the faint of heart. Come on. The book of Joshua, it's a bloody book. It's a bloody business. It's a book about war. You can't be soft and feel comfortable while reading the book of Joshua. You can't be easily offended if you're going to read the book of Joshua. You'll have to be willing to get your hands dirty if you want to read the book of Joshua. You'll have to deal with betrayal if you want to read the book of Joshua. You're going to have to deal with sin in the camp and the leader walking in obedience, but other people not walking in obedience and bringing sin into the camp, and you're going to have to deal with it. And you're going to have to be dealing with confrontation with your own countrymen and look them in the eye and say, no, sin will not be in this camp, but we will remove it from the camp so that we can go to the promise. Come on, you're going to have to learn to war and fight if you want to read the book of Joshua. You're going to have to learn how to shout if you want to read the book of Joshua. You'll have to learn how to blow the trumpet if you want to read the book of Joshua. You'll also have to learn how to be silent and keep your mouth shut as you circle your enemy if you want to read the book of Joshua. Mm. It's an intense book. It's a book where the promise is inherited, although they've been in the wilderness for a while. It's a book where they transition from a wilderness, which, by the way, the wilderness is a place of preparation for the promotion. We have the wilderness all jacked up. Come on, I'm not saying you belong in the wilderness for 40 years, but what I am saying is that it's a place of preparation. Come on, if Jesus had to go through the wilderness, guess what? You ain't exempt either. You're going to have to go through the wilderness. You're going to have to face temptation. You're going to have to deal with you. You're going to have to look yourself in the mirror and in the eye, face to face, and have a come to Jesus meeting with yourself in the wilderness. You're going to have to overcome the devil in the wilderness. You're going to have to overcome temptation in the wilderness. You're going to have to overcome your flesh, hence you'll have to cut it, which I'm getting to, But the book of Joshua is an intense book. It's an intense book. They're stepping in from one season into the next. And this is where we are as the Legacy Church. We're entering a season of transition. God has done, I'm just going to tell y'all, God has done something in me while I've been on this sabbatical. God has done something in me while while I've been on this sabbatical. You're fixing to get a little bit of a new version of Pastor Caleb. Come on, somebody. But, but God is doing some new things in us as a group and us as a church as well. As Joshua, watch this, as Joshua goes, so do the children of Israel. Ah, see, it's a whole lot more important who you're following than who you're leading. Show me who you're following and I'll show you where you're heading. Come on. And I'm not just saying follow me as I'm just doing my own thing, but follow me and imitate me as I imitate Christ is the way that Paul writes it. But people are always worried about who they lead in and who's up underneath them. But I'm more concerned with who you are following than who you are leading. Come on, somebody. And today I'm going to speak to you very prophetically to us as a church and you as individuals. God has me on an assignment this morning. God has me on an assignment this morning to prepare you for the crossing and the cutting. Come on, touch a neighbor and tell them the crossing and the cutting, the crossing and the cutting. Come on, not everybody is going where we're going. Can I just be honest? Some have already left, and guess what? You're not going where some of them are going, but that's okay because everybody's on an assignment. If you hear what I'm saying, slap three people and tell them the crossing and the cutting, the crossing and the cutting. Come on, if you're ready to go on this journey with me, shout, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Here we go. All right. Number one, the crossing, a.k.a. transition. The crossing, the children of Israel there in chapter three, the children of Israel there in chapter three are getting ready to cross over. They are at a point of transition. They are at a point of trend. They're at a crossroads, if you will. They're going from wilderness to the promise. They're going from a wandering around into a planting. They're going from fixing their tents into a season where they're about to build houses. They're going from the daily provision of manna into a land that is flowing with milk and honey. They are going from daily provision of manna to a place that is overflowing with more than enough. They are going from fixing, they are fixing together go from mediocre into prosperity everybody else that couldn't catch the vision and get on board has died they have been cut off their bodies are in the wilderness and a remnant generation is there with joshua So God says, Joshua, get ready because I'm taking you somewhere. Be very strong and courageous because I'm taking you somewhere. I am sending you over. You are fixing to cross over. You are fixing to go to the next season. You are fixing to go over the Jordan River and you're going to cross over, cross over, cross over. You're going to cross over, Joshua. You're going to cross over, children of Israel. It is this next season. It is a season of transition, a season of new things to come. What sustained you in last season won't sustain you in this season. Come on. There's a new season coming. What sustained you in the last one, won't sustain you in this one. There are people from last season that won't work in this one. There is a transition coming. There is a crossing coming. God says, I'm cutting off the waters so that it will enable you to transition. And then I'm not only going to cut off the waters, but you're going to come over on dry ground. Ah, who am I preaching to in here? Come on, who am I preaching to? In here, I know I'm preaching to legacy because we're fixing a crossover we fixing to step into a new season. We're fixing to step into some new things. We're fixing to step into some new people. We're fixing to step into a new building. We're fixing to step into a new property. Some of y'all don't know this, but we've been renting this thing and I'm tired of renting. I'm ready to step into the promise and we fixing to own some land and we fixing to own a building. God is getting ready to cross us over and transition us into something new. And the thing with something new is that not everybody gets to go with you. The thing with something new is that not everybody can be on board with it, and that's okay because God has an assignment for them too. But we are stepping into something new. You are stepping into something new. If you're tied to the Legacy Church, you are stepping in to a new season. We are stepping into new dimensions. We are stepping into new levels of glory. We're stepping into new provision. We're stepping into new souls. We're stepping into new territory that we have not yet seen, but we're heading over. We're crossing over because God is getting ready to stop it so that we can cross over and go on dry ground come on the children of israel go from tents to getting ready you see that's why you don't build houses in the wilderness you take tents (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. this this is why you rent in the wilderness because you ain't staying Ah, some of y'all fixing to stop renting and some of y'all are fixing to get some supernatural provision, and God is getting ready to have you owning the vehicle instead of leasing the vehicle. Come on, somebody. God is getting ready to cross some of you over into new dimensions and new levels of himself. God is getting ready to cross you over into new dimensions of his word, that when you flop open the Bible, it is no longer a textbook to you, but it is revelation, and it is manna from heaven, and it's some steak, and it's some potatoes, and it's some good stuff that you can't live without see what happened in last season won't sustain you in the next we as legacy church are going somewhere different come on we're going somewhere different. We're going from wandering to planting. Come on, we're going from manna to fruit and milk and honey. We're going from daily provision into an overflow, whom I prophesying to, because some of you are getting ready in your personal life for a crossover. God is getting ready to take you from manna to overflow. Come on, from wilderness to promise, from renting to buying. God is getting ready to give some of you houses that you didn't build. Come on, somebody, and hold at Kelsey. She'll take care of you. She'll get the house for you. Come on. Come on. The loan that you aren't qualified for, you're fixing to get. The loan that the church isn't qualified for, we're fixing to get, or God's going to bring the whole provision and be debt-free. I'm telling you where we're heading and where we're going, God is getting ready to cross over people in this house and in this church. Come on. Your wilderness is over if you would just have enough courage to cross the river. God's going to cut it off, but you still got to cross it. I said, God's going to cut off the thing and the obstacle that's in your way, but you've still got to cross it. You still have to step out on faith and onto the dry ground. While I'm there, let me deal with that. You're about to cross over, but you're going to have no mud on your feet. I said you're about to cross over, but you're going to have no mud on your feet. Come on. There's going to be no residue from your past on you. Come on, BTB Miriam House. There's going to be no residue on your past. You're crossing over from death into life. You're crossing over from addiction into freedom. Who else am I preaching to in this place? Because we're getting ready for a crossover. We're getting ready for a new level. We're getting ready for a new dimension. We're getting ready for more stuff. We're getting ready for more souls we're getting ready for the power and the glory of God to be poured out on this place like we've never seen before I'm telling you there's a crossing that is happening there's a transition that is happening come on you're gonna be so transformed people ain't even gonna believe your testimony quit telling them they ain't even gonna listen to it they ain't going to try to hear it. They ain't going to believe it. Come on. There's going to be no residue of what you used to look like and how you used to be. You understand? That's how it is with my wife. Some will come up and I'll tell her something about what I did before in the past. And she says, I just cannot believe that you would do something like that. That's the point of the gospel It's that you can't believe it. The transition is so strong. The newness of life is so changed. It's so different. I'm telling you what we're getting ready to cross over into, what you're Getting ready to cross over into the world, ain't even gonna believe it. You're gonna come out of the furnace, not even smelling like smoke. You're gonna come out of the junk, not even smelling like it. You're coming out of the poverty, not looking like it. And get ready because people ain't gonna accept it. People won't be able to receive it. Well, who do they think they was? I know I knew when they didn't have no house. I knew them when they didn't have no car. I knew them when they didn't have nothing. Why are they acting brand new? I'm acting brand new because I am brand new, baby. I'm going somewhere. I'm going to the pro- I ain't got time for the wilderness. God's been preparing me for this moment for a long time, and I'm ready to go. If that's you and you're ready to cross over, slap your neighbor and tell him, Let's go. Yeah. Now, easy now. I don't catch an assault charge. In Come on, somebody. We're crossing over. There's a transition that's coming to your life. There's preparation for the promotion from wilderness to promise. And if you're ready for that, holler at your boy. Transition crossing over, crossing over. There is a season of transition for many in the house. There is a season of transition for me. There's a season of transition to the ministries. There's a season of transition and crossing over for many of us in the room. And there is a season and a transitioning and crossing over for the legacy church. We're going somewhere. You want to come with me? Yes. Let's go. Yes. I said we're going somewhere. Watch this. The second point I want to give you is this, is that God is going to cut it off. God is going. The crossing and the cutting, but God is going to cut it off. Joshua 3, 13 says this, And when the soles of the feet of the priests bearing the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the heavens shall rest in the waters of the Jordan, and the waters of the Jordan shall be cut off, and the waters of the Jordan shall be cut off, and the waters of the Jordan shall be cut off from flowing, and the waters coming down from above shall stand in a heap. It is God that cuts off the Jordan River. It it is God that cuts off the Jordan River. See, the Jordan River is significant here for many reasons, but for the one that I'm preaching today, it's significant because the Jordan River is the thing that is keeping them from their necks. It, It is the Jordan River that's keeping them from the promise. It is The Jordan River that's keeping them from their next season. It's the very thing that stood between them, the wilderness and the promise. The thing that stood between their preparation and their promotion. But here is one of what I want to show you, and it's this. It's that God is cutting it off. There are two cuttings from the text that we read today, but the first cutting, God had to do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. The first cutting, God had to do it. The first cutting, God had to do it. The Bible says and the text says that God cut cut. Off the Jordan River. The first cutting is going to have to be God doing it. Look at the text. The Bible says that God cut off the Jordan River. God needs to work on your behalf supernaturally first before you are ready to cross over. Come on. Want to know what this means? The first part of transition, the first part of our transition, the first part of your transition, it means that it is going to have to be supernatural. AKA that means that God's going to have to do it. You ain't going to be the one to do it. Come on. You ain't smart enough. You ain't connected enough. You ain't got a a big enough following on social media. You don't have a big enough social media following. You don't got enough money in your bank account. You ain't got enough connections. You ain't got enough friends. The first cutting off, it's going to have to be something that God does. It's going to have to be something supernatural. When we get this building and we get a property, I don't know where it's coming from, but I know it's coming, and I'm telling you right now, it ain't going to be because i'm so well connected it ain't gonna be because i'm so smart it ain't gonna be because i'm so clever it ain't gonna be because we're collectively so smart and so clever and so well connected no it's going to be a supernatural move of god where god cuts off the thing that is blocking us from renting to owning it's going to be the supernatural thing that god has to step in and take us from the wilderness into the promise. Yeah 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 it's going to it's going to be supernatural come on it's going to have to be god cutting it off come on your next thing and your next Uh, situation, your next promise, that area that God is sending you into, that ministry, that business, whatever it might be, it is going to be God who supernaturally opens the door and makes a way and makes a path when there seems to be no way. Come on, you're going to need a cutting, but it's going to have to be a supernatural cutting. Come on, it's going to have to be a God thing. It's going to have to be a God connection. It's going to have to be a God putting his hand on it and blessing it. Don't go trying to musk up things in your own strength you'll just end up hurt you'll just end up in pain you'll just end up uh, going places where you you'll just end up going in a circle in a wilderness in a journey that took three days to get across but you might end up 40 years if you go to try to mustering up something on your own but i'm telling you if god cuts it off i'm telling you if god shows up and says no the jordan the river was overflowing the banks were overflowing it was sea, it was the season where the jordan river was furious And it was overflowing, but it took a supernatural cutoff from God to create the way for them to walk over. I'm telling you, your next, the greatest indicator. Let me help us today. The greatest indicator that your next is ready is that God supernaturally shows up and does it. He supernaturally shows up and does it. It ain't something that you do. It's something that he does. Come on, we can't do it. We can't muster it up on our own. We're not smart enough. We're not connected enough. None of those things are going to. You can't cross the Jordan River on your own. You can't stop those waters. You can't stop that flood. You can't stop that strength. You can't stop that ferociousness. Come on. God is getting ready to supernaturally cut off. The thing that has been the obstacle that is blocking us from our next. Amen. Y'all still with me? Here we go. Point number three I want to show you is this. Is your enemy's heart and spirit is fixing to melt. I said your enemy's heart and his spirit is fixing to melt. Why is the attack of the enemy fixing to become extremely discouraged? I said it a minute ago. It's because God is getting ready to cut it off. Come on. When the testimony of what God does in your life, when the testimony of the provision pops up in your life, when the enemy sees and hears about your healing, come on, somebody. When the enemy sees and hears about that financial breakthrough that you needed, when the enemy sees and hears that God supernaturally stopped it and God supernaturally cut it, It is going to make your enemy lose its spirit. It's going to make the enemy lose heart. And its heart melt within itself. Come on. I know we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers and authorities and spiritual wickedness in the heavenly places. But y'all have heard me teach this before. The enemy uses people. The enemy uses people. You want to know who the people were that were in Jericho? the The Bible teaches us that that they had to go and remove giants from the land. They had to go and remove giants from the. When you read the book of Joshua, you think, "My God, God is violent." G- God told them to wipe out everything. But see, if you don't pay attention and study the word of God, you'll miss these things. There were Nephilim and there were giants in the land. The Nephilim were the offspring of fallen angels. This was not God's creation that they were fighting and up against. This was the creation of fallen angels and the Nephilim and the DNA was tainted. Come on. In Genesis chapter 3, where God first gives the promise of Jesus... Is where he says the seed of the woman will be at enmity with the seed of the serpent. Who's the seed of the serpent? It's the Nephilim. It's all of these crazy idol worshiping, devil worshiping, fallen angel worship. What do you think Baal is? What do you think these? This is a group and a sect of people that are sitting on a land that God has promised the children of Israel. And he says, you got to go in and take them out because I have given you the land. I've given it to you, but you still got to go fight. But these people that were inhabiting the land were in their way of the promise. But they began to lose heart and they began to be discouraged when they saw What God had did. Are y'all hearing me today? Come on. The enemy that's been trying to wreak havoc on your life. As soon as it hears what God did for you, its heart is fixing to melt. The fighting spirit in it is fixing to die out. The enemy that you see today, you shall see no more. So the enemy's heart began to melt when it came up against the children of Israel. Their spirit began to faint when they realized, oh no. God is with them. God has authorized this thing. God has sent them. It is their time. God cut off the waters. God told them that this land is theirs and that he's giving it to them. We're finished. It's over. Come on, I prophesy to you today that your enemy is finished and it's over because God is getting ready to cut off the thing that has been blocking you from your promise and your blessing. The evidence that God did it will be the indicator that the enemy can't stop it. The evidence that God did it will be the indicator to the enemy that they can't stop it. See, when the enemy realizes that they can't stop something, they'll move on and go to something else. Come on. The enemy can't stop what God is getting ready to do. Amen. Watch this the second cutting there's a second there's the crossing and the cutting there's the cutting and the crossing and then there is the second cutting god cuts off the waters of the jordan river for the first cutting and then he gives them instructions joshua make flint knives joshua It's time for you to get to cutting. Come on, Joshua, cross over and make flint knives, make knives because the first cutting I did, but the next one is going to be up to you. It's quiet in this church. Come on. God does the first cutting, but then he gets crossed over and stepping into the promise, and God tells Joshua, okay, I did the first cutoff. Now it's time for you to do the second cutoff. Come on. I supernaturally provided the first thing, but you're going to have to take matters into your own hands on this next thing. I need you to roll back the reproach of Egypt. I need you to roll back the reproach. I need you to push back your flesh, and I need you to cut this thing off. God did the first cutting, but now it's our turn. God says, I've worked the miraculous. I've cut it off. I've stopped the Jordan River, but now it's your turn. It's time to cut your flesh back. It's time to roll away the reproach. Of Egypt, come on, it's going to be painful. It's going to be messy. It's going to be bloody. Come on, you're going to scab up. You're going to have to heal. But God is saying you can't step into your necks until you peel black back that flesh that is keeping you from the promise. I know this intense. Y'all okay? All right. Come on, I I, I don't know. Who I'm necessarily talking to, but I believe it's everyone within the sound of my voice. You aren't getting to the promise until you cut back and remove your flesh, until you cut that thing out of your life. Come on, until you can cut the profanity out of your speech, until you can cut the greediness out of your giving, until you can cut that website out of your search history, until you can cut that relationship that's no good for you, until you can cut off that lying tongue, until you can cut off that gossiping tongue that you call a prayer chain, which ain't no prayer chain, it's a gossiping train. Come on until you can cut that thing out of your life until you can cut the reproach out of your life until you can cut the nonsense out of your life until you can cut the music that gratifies your flesh until you can cut the TV shows and the movies that you have no business watching that keep giving you nightmares at night or keep giving you sexual perversion dreams and you can't even rest at night and have peace because you're filling your mind and your spirit with a bunch of junk until you can cut that stuff out of your life. You're not stepping into what I said is already yours. Yeah. God says, I've given it to you. I've stopped the rivers. I've let you cross it on dry ground. The There the ri- shall not be any of your past, none of the residue on you, but you're going to have to cut it too. The Bible says that God told him to break out flint knives if you want the promise. Come on, if you want to step into the next thing that God has for you, you're going to have to do some cutting. Come on. And I just say this? They're going from bondage into freedom. Deliverance is a bloody business. Deliverance is a messy, messy, messy business. And that's why churches across America have went away from it. You don't go to one of those churches, by the way. Don't matter. If we got somebody possessed by devils, we're going to roll around in the floor with them until they leave this building free. Come on. We, help me, the Holy Spirit. We want to be cute in church. We want want to do one fast song, two slows, and have a little 30-minute sermon and then roll on out to the buffet. Come on. But I'm telling you right now, deliverance ain't cute. Freedom is messy, but it's worth it. It's worth it to see individuals set free by the Power of Jesus Christ in the middle of a people group that says we will contend for the freedom and the souls of people who need to be free. Come on. It's messy sometimes, but it's worth it. It's worth. It's bloody sometimes. Come on, but it's worth it. Sometimes you got to sit with them as they heal for a couple days. Or a couple weeks, but it's worth it. Come on, you'll have to sit and sit down with them while they're still swelled up. Come on, while they're still dealing with the reproach. Do you understand that these individuals, they were never in Egypt. They didn't sign up for the reproach that God said you got to cut back before you can enter the promise. Some people are getting free from stuff they never signed up for. Ah... You can't tell me or convince me it ain't worth it. I don't care if we got to worship for an hour and a half till somebody gets free. They're getting free and delivered before they leave this building. That's the type of church we're going to be. I am not here. I don't even know why I'm going here, but here we are. I I am not here to build a mega church. If it happens and and God sends us a bunch of people then so be it. But I ain't changing up a thing. I, I'm, not, I'm not doing this seeker-friendly stuff that'll get a bunch of butts in the seats but a bunch of souls heading to hell. I, I, I'm not going to preach stuff that'll tickle your fancy and tickle your ear. I'm going to preach the word of God and we'll stay here until you get it. Come on, we can't afford to do cute, clever church anymore. That's why we have more butts in seats in churches in America, but we have things going on like Target trying to have little kids tuck their stuff. I know this is graphic, but I'm just going to say it. Come on, the devil ain't hiding. Why are we? It's time that the church stand up. And we grab some flint knives and take care of our own stuff before we roll out there and try to take care of anybody else's stuff. And once we cut back our flesh and we cut back the nonsense going on in our house, then we can go out and help deliver and set free other people. You can't set anybody free when you're bound. I'm feeling this. Come on. We've got to cut back our own stuff and then we can go cut back other people's and then we can go help them and then we can do it. But it's going to take the second cutting. There's the crossing and there's the cutting. You're going to have to cut back your own stuff. Before you can enter the promise. Deliverance can be messy. Come on. God says, I've got you out of the wilderness. I've cut it. You've crossed it. Now you've cut it again. I got you out of Egypt, but now I got to get the Egypt out of you. I I got you out of Egypt, but now I got to get the Egypt out of you. I, I got you out of Egypt, now i got to get the Egypt off of you. Come on. I-, I-, I got you out of the world. I got you out of the club, but now I need to get the club out of you. Come on, somebody. I have got you and I've removed you from the junk and from the stuff, but now I've got to get it up out of you. I've got to cut it up off of you. I've got to get the Egypt up out of you and off of you. That only comes in the cutting. And watch this. I'm not talking about the circumcision of the flesh. I'm talking about the circumcision of your heart. Because the circumcision of the flesh doesn't matter anymore. If you all know what I'm talking about, I'm not going there. It's the circumcision of the heart. Because what is in your heart will manifest in your flesh. So God has said, you've, you've got to cut back and cut this stuff off of your heart. You've got to get it out of your spirit. You've got to get it out of your mind. You've got to get it out of you. Get it out of you. Get it off of you. Stop listening to the music. Stop listening to the junk. Stop watching the perversion. Stop doing all the crazy stuff that you used to do. Get it out of you. That's what he's saying. Get it. Circumcise your heart. It's time. The promise is waiting on you. But we can't enter the promise if we don't cut it ourselves. Come on. We got to get the Egypt out of it, out of us. He says, you smell like it. It's seeping from your pores. It's it's on your skin. It's in your speech. It's in your heart. It's in your spirit. There is still a reproach on you. But Joshua, grab flint knives and cut it out. And when you cut it out, I'm going to change your diet. Come on, when you cut it out, I'm going to change your appetite. Come on, when you cut it out, you won't want what you're used to. You won't crave what you're used to. Uh, You won't crave what you're you going to be going from a wilderness mindset to a promise mindset. But the catalyst for you to reach it is that you got to cut it. You've got to cut it. And isn't it incredible once you cut that God is patient with you and gives you time to heal? Ah. Don't move until you heal. You can't go over until you heal. And He is patient and gracious for that. But God says, heal. And then they do this. I'm almost done. They remembered. They remembered. They took time to remember and honor what got them there. Yeah. They took time to remember and honor what got them there. God cuts it off. They cross over. They cut it. They heal. And then they take time to remember and celebrate the Passover before they step into their next Come on, they take time to honor. They take time to celebrate. They take time to remember what got them there. They remember how God protected them. Come on, they remember what happened in Egypt. Come on, they remember the 10 plagues. Come on, they remembered that it had not been for the Lord on their side. They would have never made it. Come on, they remembered the lights in Goshen. They remembered that nothing touched them that touched everybody else. They remembered that they got to keep their sons when the Egyptian sons lost their lives. They remembered that God not only sent them out and into freedom, but that God sent them with a plundering of the enemy. Come on, they remembered the lamb. They remembered the blood. They remembered the sacrifice. They were remembered and took time to remember what got them there. Legacy Church, we better never forget what got us where we are heading, what got us there, because it still takes the blood. It still takes righteousness. It still takes holiness. It still takes distinction. It still takes a separation. We can never forget to honor the people and the places and the things that got us to the point. We're ready to step into our next. They took time and remembered all that the Lord had done. Come on, do I need to remind you this morning all that the Lord had done? has done for you. Come on, he set you free from addiction, didn't he? Come on, he set you free from womanizing, didn't he? He set you free from adultery and lust and fornication and craziness. Come on, God set you free from religion. How many have been set free from religion? My goodness. Come on, God, just remember all that God has done in your life. And when you remember and you honor it, God will qualify you and it will set you up to step into your next. A lot of people won't step into the next because they won't honor and remember what got them there. Can I just say, those are the worst type of people that remember where they used to be. That don't remember where they used to be. That that can't remember how you used to act. That can't remember the way that you used to function. That can't remember. See, the people that forget where they came from, they usually tend to end up right back there. Come on, but we as the people of God are called to remember and honor. Remember that God pulled you up out of your junk. Remember that God pulled you up out of the muck and the miry clay. Remember that God set you free. Remember that God gave you a new mind and a new way of living and a new way of thinking. Remember the Moses is in your life. Come on, remember the Joshua's in your life. First and foremost, remember Jesus who took you from nothing and turned you into something. Remember, they took time to remember and honor all that God had did and their leaders had did that qualified them to step into their next. They wasn't going to be like the generation before them and above them that had forgotten the works of God. Do you understand that's where our name came from, the legacy church. The Lord spoke to me from Psalm 78, where it goes into this big long spiel about how the children of Israel had forgotten all the works of God. They had forgotten the Red Sea. They had forgotten the Egyptian. They'd forgotten the Ten Plagues. They had forgotten, they had forgotten, they had forgotten, they had forgotten all that God had did for them. But then there was a generation that rose up that said, We shall not forget the works of God and we shall declare them in the land of the living. And the Lord spoke to me when we changed our name and said, you will not be a generation and you will not be a people that has forgotten the works and the moves of God that has brought you this far. Come on. We are the legacy church because we'll leave a legacy to the generation behind (laughs) us by not forgetting where we came from and who got us there. We can't forget. We can't forget. We can't forget about all that God did. So I, I'm speaking prophetically to us as a church this morning. We can't forget all that God did in this building. We, we can't forget. All of the moments that we had in these altars, we can't forget the miracles. We can't forget the healings. We can't forget the deliverance that happened all throughout this altar. We're stepping into a new season and we're stepping into some things that are next. But we cannot forget everything that God has done for us. You can't forget everything that God has done for you. You're going to set yourself up for failure if you forget. You got to honor it. Last two points. I got to hurry. Closing number one. I'm just kidding. It, It really is almost done. The manna stopped after they ate the Passover and that day, the Bible says that they ate the fruit of the land. The manna stopped and they ate the fruit of the land. We as a church and you as an individual. You can't get stuck crying over what was and miss what is. Watch this. Watch this. The, the manna was a good thing. God sent it. It's what sustained them for that season. But in the next season. They had to have something different. Hence, they remember, take the Passover, and then God stops the manna. Why? Because God doesn't need you eating wilderness food when you're in the promised land. What sustained them over here in this season could not sustain them in that season. Hence, God says, I'm cutting it off. It's over. venito. I'm done with it. The manna will never show up on the face of the earth again. It will never come back. It's not. We're not going back. You're not going back. There is people, relationships, things, uh, jobs. There's there's ministries. There's things that in your I'm speaking very prophetically this morning. Y'all better hear me out. There are things that you won't be able to take into your next season. There are things that we won't be able to take into our next season. But it's okay. We cannot cry over what was and miss what is. We can't cry over what was and miss the thing that God is trying to do now. God is the one who stops the manna. He's the one that stopped it. He's the one that stopped it. (laughs) You're not at your last job anymore for a reason. Stop crying over what was and look to God for what is. Come on, you're you're not in that city anymore because God has brought you to a new city. God has brought you to a new church. God has brought you to a new season. God has brought you to a new thing. Who am I talking to in here? As the prophet, when when God spoke to the prophet Samuel, he said, stop crying over Saul. Saul. Fill your horn with oil and move on to the next thing. The man of stock. See see what sustained us. Watch this. Some of the things that sustained us in last season, they won't sustain us in the next. And if we keep trying to ride that horse, that horse ain't going to make it. Stop trying to get back on that old train wagon that ain't going where you're going. It it ain't going to satisfy you. It ain't going to work. You're going to be miserable. It's not going to happen. You can't muster it up. You can't kick it hard enough. You you ain't going to make it go. It's just not going to work. What sustained us as a church in last season won't sustain us in the next. What sustained you in last season Won't sustain you in the next. And here's a good thing too the the steak, the grapes, the cantaloupe, all of those, that's a better diet than the manna. The manna was daily provision, but they are stepping into excess and overflow. They're stepping into excess and overflow. Don't miss your promise, the excess and the overflow because you want to hold on to last year's stuff. The sustenance is changing. It's changing and it's shifting. Amen? Now watch this, the manner changed. And then the method, and I'm closing, worship team come on. The manner changed? And then the method had to change. The method had to change. Can y'all throw up that last scripture I read from 15? If not, I got it right here. All right, we'll stop right there. Yes, thank you. Then the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, "Hold on, back up, just one back up just a little bit. let's see, maybe 13. Yeah, 13. Watch this. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted his eyes and looked. And behold, a man stood opposite with him with his sword sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, are you for us or are you for our adversaries? Verse 14. So he said, no. Some some versions say, neither. But as a commander of the Lord, I have now come. He's saying, I ain't about neither. I'm about the Lord's business. And I came to tell you something. And Joshua fell on his face, face to the earth and worshiped and said to him, what does my Lord say to his servant?" Verse 15, then the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, take your sandal off for the place where you stand is holy. Joshua been fighting for Moses all these years. Joshua runs up on the Lord's captain of his host and army. And he says, are you for us? Or I guess and the angel of the Lord, the, the, the angel of the captain's army, the captain of the Lord's army. Hits him and he says, neither. Shut up, Joshua. Put your sword down, son. Take that down just a little bit, just a little bit. The method has got to change, Joshua. Moses is dead. And you're trying to run up on me. Get on your face and worship. Because you're not supposed to fight anymore, you're now the commander. See, see, now Joshua. Joshua's struggling with this because there is, a, there is a new method that has come. There is a method that is changing in his life. He's going from the one slinging the sword all the time to now he's going to be the man of God who hears from God. He is going to be the man of God who hears the instruction of the Lord and gives it to the people to disperse and follow out. The method has changed. Some of y'all in the room, there's a new season approaching And your methods are gonna have to change. If you keep your old methods, it's not going to work. It's time for some of us in the room for our face to hit the floor and to hit the ground, and for us to hear and wait on the word of the Lord and give the instruction. There's a shift coming. There's a shift coming to this church. There's a shift that has come to my own life. There is a shift that is coming to your life. I, I really believe that with people that are in the sa- within the sound of my voice that, that there is a shift coming not only to this church, not only to me, but to people that are tied to me and there is a shift and there is new methods and there is new people and there is new things and there is new jobs and there is new ministries and there is new this and there is new that, but you're not going to get to the problem If you keep holding on to what was, lose your mind, Sean. You good? (laughs) I'm so serious this morning. Come on, there is a shift coming, there is a shift coming. I believe there's a shift, Michael, I believe there's a shift even coming to our worship that we're going to another dimension. I don't know if it could get any better, but we're going to another dimension. I believe my preaching is fixing to go to another dimension. I believe our teaching is fixing to go to another dimension. I think our finances are fixing to go to another dimension. I think this church is fixing to go to another dimension. Come on. I think your finances are fixing to go to another dimension. I think God is fixing to speak to you on higher levels and higher dimensions. I believe that your dreams and your visions is going to another level. I believe that God's speaking to you in the places and the things that he is going to take you to, the doors that he is going to. Open. Tony, get ready. Hey, Father, in the name of Jesus, open the door. Open the door. Open the door. God, I believe it right now. In Jesus' name, open the door for him. Let his music go for him. Let his his music reach greater heights and greater levels. Get him ready, God. Get him ready, God. Get him ready, God. Get him ready, God. Cut it. Yeah, I hear that. Go ahead, Lord. Cut it. You cut it. And then, Tony, you cut it. God going to cut it, and then you cut it. Take them to another level, God. Thank you, Lord. Come on, cut it. We're going to have to cut it. We're going to have to cut it. God going to have to cut it. Supernatural provision is coming to you. Houses that you didn't build, it's coming to you. Come on, land that you did not Plant on. It's coming to you. It's coming to our church. It's coming to you as individuals. Greater heights, new things, new relationships, new doors, promotions. I'm telling you right now, I feel this so heavy in my spirit. So many of you have been struggling because you have been in a wilderness, you feel like you have been in a wilderness season for so long, but I want to encourage you this morning that it has been a wilderness because God has been getting you ready and he has been preparing you so that you could step into the promise so that you could get to this place today where you could hear this message that God had to cut it and then God is going to let you cross over, but then you got to pick up a flint knife and you got to cut it and you you got to cut some Thank things you and, you gotta to and, you gotta and you got to heal and you got to remember and you got to get ready to step if into this your industry next and podcast is blessing you and you would like to support please the thing go that the legacy you last Church season is going to sustain you, you this season also if you would like to connect with me okay. more we can do that on social because media on Instagram I'm under Pastor Caleb Mack on the TikTok, Pastor Kayla Mack, and as well as over. Facebook under Kayla McCall. Until next and time the on the show, is be here. blessed and be a blessing. I wonder, is there anybody who's ready to step into the promise? Come on, I said, is there anybody ready to step into the promise? Is there anybody ready to step into your neck?